Welcome to the Strong for Performance podcast, where we share wisdom and practical tips to help you grow stronger in all areas of your life. I'm your host, Meredith Bell. I interview experts who offer real-world experiences that you can apply to your own journey. If you enjoy my podcast, be sure to subscribe and rate it on your favorite podcast platform. Welcome to another episode of the Strong for Performance podcast. I'm Meredith Bell, your host, and it is my privilege to bring you special guests who will inspire and challenge you. If you enjoy my show, be sure to rate and review it on your favorite podcast platform. My podcast is sponsored by Performance Support Systems, publisher of software tools and books for improving the way people communicate with each other in the workplace. And you can learn more about these tools at growstrongleaders.com. Today, I am delighted to have as my guest, Cindy Shaw. Cindy, welcome to my show. Hi, thank you so much for having me here. I'm really glad to have you. And before we jump into the many questions I have for you, I want to give a more formal introduction so my audience will know more about you and the special knowledge that you have about the brain. Cindy is the founder of the Better Brain Academy. She's a certified brain health coach with Amen University, and she uses her expertise as a brain and health mental performance trainer to help people transform their lives. She blends leading edge neuroscience, brain health, and self-improvement strategies to help others naturally, I love that, improve their moods, boost their performance, supercharge their energy and focus, and I definitely want to know more about that, and optimize their well-being. Cindy, it's so important, this work you're doing around the brain. I think people tend to minimize the importance of their brain and their overall <laughs> well-being. Uh, before we jump into the hows and whys of that, tell us a little bit about your journey to getting to the work you're doing today. Sure. Well, you know what? I started off as, a, you know, I called myself a personal development junkie. I started when I was 16 years old, taking Tony Robbins courses. And by the time I was in my early 20s, I, take this, I took the same course that and studied the same area that Tony studies, which is called neuro-linguistic programming. So I went and I got my certification in that, in hypnotherapy. And then I went into the work world and started to work. Um, you know, I had two children and I decided being a stay-at-home mom was not my shtick. So I actually created a program for women and for over five, six years, I taught people how to shift their mindset and to change their thinking, to get control of that inner dialogue, to change their beliefs and really set a new course for their lives. However, I started to struggle about, you know, five, six, seven years ago with really debilitating brain fog and anxiety. And no matter how much I tried to work on my mindset and use my mindset to support me in feeling better, nothing was working. At the same time, my daughter was going to be going into high school 
and she was struggling and I was so scared for her mental well-being. My thought was this kid's going to commit suicide. And she was so stressed out about school. And she would think these negative thoughts, what should have taken her 15 minutes to do would take her three hours in terms of homework. And she would get in this negative thinking cycle of I'm stupid, I can't do this, I'm never going to succeed. And here I'm someone who had all of these tools in her toolbox to help someone change your thinking and nothing worked. And this is where I finally realized and I started to look at, you know, mindset is kind of like the software of a computer. And our brain is the hardware. And if our brain isn't optimized and functioning at its best, it really can affect our software, our mindset. So my daughter had a very specific part of her brain that was just overactive called her anterior singlet gyrus that caused her to be in this like negative thinking loop. And we also got her diagnosed with ADHD. For me, my brain fog, it was so scary. I actually thought I had early onset Alzheimer's. And I went and I got a brain scan done. I got my DNA analyzed to determine, you know, is this something I have at 38 years of age? And luckily, I have only one gene for Alzheimer's. But what I came to realize was that my brain just was not functioning at its best. I had the software component, but my hardware wasn't optimized. And there was a lot within my control that I was able to change. And by learning about the brain, I was able to help both my daughter and myself naturally heal our, our hardware to get it functioning at its best. Such a great story. I love that. And I know that you studied with uh, Daniel Amen yes. at his um, institute. And I would love for you to talk a little bit about his work because I've read some of his books and I know how important the work he's done, especially around the brain scans. Mm -hmm. So what is it these brain scans can help? And do you use those in your work with clients? Great question. So Dr. Amen is a double board certified psychiatrist. And he thought, you know, the brain is the only organ we're not looking at. If you went to a doctor with a broken hand, they would do an x-ray. And they would look at exactly where that break is. But with our brains, you know, a lot of people go into their family doctor, and will list off some symptoms, you know, whether it's anxiety, depression, inability to focus, can't sleep. And the doctor within five minutes will write out a prescription without ever looking at the brain. So what Dr. Amen did is he's got the world's largest data bank now. He's done over 180,000 spec scans. Now, a spec scan is different than an MRI or a CT scan in that it's not looking at the anatomy of the brain or the structure of the brain. It's actually looking at the blood flow and activity in the brain. And so what Dr. Amen was able to distill down in his work after doing this for 30 years was found that specific areas of our brain correlated with specific symptoms. So that's why your experience of having anxiety could be very different than how I experience anxiety, because it would depend on what five areas of the emotional brain is either overactive or underactive. 
So by knowing what areas are either overactive or underactive, you can then use, you know, the least toxic, most natural ways to increase the blood flow or to decrease the activity in that part of the brain. So you have a balanced brain. So what I use, because spec scans can be out of the reach for some people financially, and he's got, I believe, eight clinics now around the US. So depending on where you are, you may not have access to them. What I have access to is Dr. Amen did a questionnaire. And it can with pretty good accuracy without having a scan taken, be able to tell me what areas of your brain are either overactive or underactive and what we can do to balance them out. So once we know that, then we can start taking the right steps and come up with a very personalized solution according to what's going on in your brain. Mm, that's fascinating that a quiz can, can give you that kind of information because I think it is such important work. We don't realize, we, I think we tend to think, oh, if someone is anxious, then you know it's some emotional thing that they're dealing with. And as you said, the mindset, not so much something physical that's happening in the brain. Talk more about these five different areas and maybe give examples of people you know that have struggled with something in one of the areas and a natural solution that's been helpful for them. Sure. So like I said, the five emotional centers of our brain totally affect how we think, the decisions we make, the actions we take, and how we interact with others. So again, most people just think of their mind. And when they're, when they're not feeling themselves, when they either get too angry or fly off the handle, when they procrastinate, when they experience anxiety or depression, or just can't seem to focus, a lot of people think that it has something to do with them, that they lack willpower, that they, they are broken and that they just lack what it takes to be successful. And that in turn just ends up beating up your self-esteem. And so what I love about this work is it, it really changes the conversation from, it, it's not you, it's actually your brain. And it would be like someone who has something wrong with their kidney. You would never shame someone who had to go for dialysis because their kidney was wasn't working properly. Yet we shame people when they have anxiety or depression or ADHD or have anger issues or you know just can't seem to function well. And we shame them and we blame them and say, well, there must be something wrong with you. Well, the actual, what these spec scans have shown is that, you know what? It's that there's just something going on in your brain that probably needs to be tweaked. So the five areas of our brain are the prefrontal cortex, which is the very front part of our brain. And I refer to this as the CEO of our brain. And this part of our brain is not fully formed until we're 25, which is why kids do stupid things. You know, my daughters are 20 and 21. And sometimes I'll be like, why did you do that? And they'll be like, I don't know. And it's literally because that part of their brain has not fully formed because your prefrontal cortex is that break. It puts on the brakes from making bad decisions and it helps you with your judgment. 
It helps with impulse control. So this part of our brain is our smart brain that really helps guide us to move forward. But it's also the part of our brain that is most easily injured through sports and so forth. And, you know, not to get too depressing of a story here, um, one of our good friends last year ended up killing his entire family and himself last May. And years ago, I talked with Greg. We are talking a highly successful CEO, tax accountant, well-regarded, financially, you know, top 1%. And a couple of years ago, he came to me and he was telling me about some of his struggles. And from everything that he was saying, he had lacked impulse control, couldn't make good decisions. Um, he just was struggling. And I asked him, I said, how many concussions have you had? And he said, probably 10 to 12 between all of the sports he played between, you know, he skied hard, he motorcycled, he rode um, horses, he barefoot skied, like played hockey, played rugby, all of these things ended up damaging his prefrontal cortex, which then ended up you know, resulting in him making really bad decisions. So that's an extreme case. There was definitely other things going on, but taking care of your prefrontal cortex is so important. Now, another part is your ACG, your anterior singlet gyrus. Like I said, what was happening with my daughter? So people who suffer from, you know, they are very argumentative or oppositional, or they tend to obsess about things, you know, they just can't get that thought out of their head, or they pick and bite at their skin or have eating disorders, this part of their brain tends to be very overactive. So that part needs, you need to find ways to calm it down. And there's several different supplements that you can do that does help calm it down. Now, there's another part of our brain called the temporal lobes. And now our temporal lobes are on the sides of our heads. And these also can easily get damaged. Now, this is the part of our brain that gets affected with some diseases like dementia. Let, there's less blood flow that goes here. And this affects our memory. It also is a part of our brain that controls our anger and our moods. So, there's many times that, and I just saw this probably about a month and a half ago on CNN, a former NFL player who, again, was just arrested for being in a violent rage. And it's often this part of the brain which has been damaged mm -hmm. that causes that um, lack of blood flow that helps control and balance those moods, but also helps with your memory. Now we have the deep limbic system and that really is the part of us that sets our happiness levels. Now, when your deep limbic system is really out of balance, it means that your serotonin is usually low, your dopamine is low. And these are two really important neurotransmitters that we all need to have a balanced brain. And there's a lot of things that you can do and we can discuss, you know, kind of some overarching things that, help all of these areas of the brain be balanced. But when the, this area of a brain is unbalanced, we feel hopeless, we feel sad, we feel depressed. 
And, you know, for some men who and people who experience depression, this is again, where the different part of the brains come in. Because for women, when they get depressed, their deep limbic system can be very active. So they feel very sad. For men, it's often when they experience depression, their temporal lobes are affected, and they express it as anger. So Again, these are key areas. And then the last area is our basal ganglia. And this is kind of sets our bodies idle. So when it's out of whack, this is where we feel very anxious and tense and we predict the worst and we just can't get out of this, this feeling that the shoe is going to drop. And so you can see then how all five of these areas that if they're not working together, and you can have different areas that maybe one part of your brain's working great, but a couple others are unbalanced and not fully functioning and not fully optimized. This is why how you experience, you know, depression can be very different than how I experience it, or how you experience anxiety or attention deficit, because different areas of the brain can either be super overactive or be underactive. Hmm. So I hope that makes all sense to you. It does. It does. Um, in fact, my business partner, Denny Coates, has written books for parents about the prefrontal cortex and what they can do to help their kids develop that so they don't react in an impulsive way, that they learn right. the, to do that com more complex, critical, long-term thinking. It's really fascinating, though, to hear you describe those individual areas and the impact that they can have on our perception of the world and, and our performance. And so when I think about, you know, what can somebody listening to this actually do? You've got this quiz that they can take. That's yeah. right on your website, right? Absolutely. They can either go to my website or I have a specific site for the quiz. It's called betterbrainquiz.com. And it's going to give, it won't tell you exactly what specific areas, but it's going to give you an overview of how well is your brain really performing. Mm -hmm. So once you have a general idea, then you can start taking some actions. And there's, you know, my top three things that I recommend to people to change that we have control over that directly influence our brain and how we think and how we act and interact with others is our diet. What we eat, mm -hmm. what our food and what we put into our body to fuel us really controls our mood. So, you know, you have to think of your brain as this high performance sports car or this, you know, really well tuned, well honed supercomputer. And it needs good fuel. I mean, if you went to the gas station and you had a high performance car, let me tell you, you are not going to be putting in the crappy fuel because you're going to gunk up the engine. And over time, that car is not going to perform the way that it's meant to. Well, the same thing happens with the food that we eat. What ends up happening is because we have diets that are very high in carbohydrates, processed foods, and a lot of sugar, it directly impacts how our brain operates. So our brain is not only this high performance machine, it is the hungriest organ in our body. 
So it consumes between 25 and 30% of your calories on a daily basis just to function. And it's made up of 60% fat. So having a diet that's really rich in good fats and rich in vegetables and lean proteins is really essential to feeding your brain. And removing things like sugar and processed foods is essential because what we now know is that sugar actually blocks neurons from growing in your brain. So the more sugar you eat, the less intelligent you're going to be. So you want to be very mindful of your diet. And the other thing is, I always tell people to be be very mindful of the supplements you're taking as well. We again live in a world where we are surrounded by toxins, our food has pesticides in it, the soil is depleted. So really making sure that you're taking a good multivitamin, taking vitamin D, even if you live in a sunny place, still take vitamin D and the darker your skin, um, the less vitamin D you actually absorb. So that's something to be aware of. And you can usually go to your doctor and get your vitamin D tested. And you don't want to be in the low range or the normal range, you want to find out what an optimal range is for you. So I know for myself, my optimal range is taking 5000 IUs a day. And there is a link we now know between depression and vitamin D deficiencies. So vitamin D is essential. Another thing is omega threes, that fat that your brain is made of is omega threes. So getting omega threes from walnuts, flax seeds, um, salmon, olive oil are really essential to ensuring that your brain is well lubricated and that it can function on all Uh, cylinders, so to speak. And also take a probiotic because here's the fascinating thing that's happened in the last, you know, decade is exploring the microbiome. Now our gut actually produces up to 90% of our serotonin. And serotonin is our happiness neurotransmitter. It is our feel good. It controls our sleep, our appetites and our mood and sex drive. So if you're low on serotonin, it's going to affect all areas of your life. So you know, for instance, sweet potatoes contain serotonin boosting um, chemicals, but also fermented food. Fermented food feed beneficial bacteria in your gut that help create the serotonin. So whether it's kombucha, kimchi, sauerkraut, kefir, all of these things or taking a probiotic supplement, again, help build healthy bacteria and crowd out the harmful ones because the harmful ones are going to destroy that serotonin, but it's also going to create inflammation in your body, which is inflammation is the root cause of all chronic diseases. So diet and supplements, number one, number two, sleep, you know, so many entrepreneurs and business people seem to pride themselves, or there's this Uh cultural belief that the less you sleep, the more you get done. And then you're a high performer. Well, we now know it's actually the opposite. The less you sleep, the more likely you are probably going to suffer from dementia later in life, because dementia actually takes decades to form. It's not something that when you start seeing someone that has the symptoms, that's like 
having stage four cancer. You're at the end game at this point. It actually takes decades to form, like I said. And one of the main factors is the amount of sleep that you get. Because when we sleep, what ends up happening is our brain goes into this recycling mode. And getting between seven to nine hours a night is the amount of time that you need for your brain to cleanse itself and recycle and get out the toxins that otherwise can accumulate in your brain, and that can cause long term issues. Now, additionally, we all know how bad we feel when we don't have a good night's sleep, how crappy we feel how hard it is to concentrate, how hard it is to get through the day. So, you know, some general sleep hacks that I have for people is stay off your devices at least an hour before you go to bed. Because that blue light that you get from your screen, whether it's a TV screen, a phone screen, any sort of device, actually messes with your melatonin, which is that chemical and neurotransmitter hormone in your body that helps you calm down and go to sleep. So getting off your devices is key to sleep in a dark, cool room, you know, make make the investment in getting, you know, light blocking shades, or, you know, in my case, I have light blocking shades, but I also wear an eye patch, and I got custom made earplugs, so that I am not disturbed because I know how I function when I do have sleep and when I don't have sleep because I had insomnia for years and it was partly that it was part of what contributed to my brain fog. So getting a good night's sleep is essential and, you know, cutting down on what we all know we should be doing the alcohol and the caffeine later in the day, people often think, Oh, well, wine helps me sleep or booze helps me sleep. That's not the case. It actually disrupts that deep REM sleep, and it will not help you get that cleansing, flushing um, of the brain that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And thirdly, it's managing stress. Stress is so toxic and harmful to your brain. And what it ends up doing is it actually fires what's called your amygdala, your part of the brain that goes into fight, flight, or freeze mode. And when we go into that mode, what it ends up doing is it pulls the the blood flow from your prefrontal cortex to it. And all of a sudden now you can't make good decisions. You're more impulsive. You're more reckless. And so when you go into stress, that's why when you're in a stressful mode, that's why we often have trouble focusing and concentrating. And it's not just that we get jacked up on adrenaline and cortisol, which floods our bodies to get us ready to either fight or flee. It also pulls that, like I said, that blood flow away from the smart part of your brain that you really want to keep empowered. Wow. So that's a lot to unpack, Um, but really good, I think, specific suggestions related to food because you're you're breaking through, I think, some things that are out there that may be bad advice for people. You know, the idea of getting rid of the the sugar and the refined carbs and the junk food is important. But the idea of increasing the good fats, which I've been doing for years, but I know there's a lot of belief systems out there where people feel like, no, I can't do that. You know, that it's, it's bad for you, but I think that's misinformation or disinformation that's been putting out. How do you help people 
who are reluctant to break through the um, conventional wisdom, let's say, to adopt more of the eating patterns that you recommend? Right. So I do something with my clients called, we all know that we should eat better, right? We all have shoulds. I reframe it and I call them shids, small habits I do daily. So the way that we embrace shids is really, we've got to have a reason to change. And, you know, if you have cancer, you have a big reason to change, right? But if you're feeling generally okay, but you just want to have more energy throughout the day, you get that two o'clock slump, your reason is not going to be as compelling, say, as if you had cancer and you wanted to like rid your body of that. So but you can still have a good reason, you need to find that compelling why, like, why do I want to make this small change in my life? And sometimes it's like, you know what, I just know I need to do something. So I'm going to start small. So this is where I always say, we're not doing a complete overhaul. Let's just do one small step or one small habit that you can do daily. So I get them by deciding on what is their reason. And it could be, I just want more energy throughout the day. Then we move on to what's your reminder? How are you going to remind yourself to make this change? So for instance, I have above my coffee maker, I actually make tea, but above my Keurig, I have a little sticky note that says squat. So I go and I make tea several times throughout the day. So as I'm standing there making my tea, I'm doing habit stacking. My habit is to make my tea. So why not do something that's going to be healthy and good for me? So I squat. Now, add that up. I make tea, say three, four times a day, and I do 10 squats each time. Now I'm at 40 squats. Now you take the 40 squats and you do that over a week, right? Now I'm at 280 squats. Now you do that over a month. I'm over a thousand squats. Now that's going to make a small difference. That's going to make a difference in my body, but it's a small habit that I do daily. And then I reward myself. And what we know about brain chemistry, and this is the thing that, you know, food companies and, you know, gaming companies and companies that have created these things all know about brain chemistry is that we need a shot of dopamine. We need to feel rewarded for what we've done. And, you know, when you're playing a game on your phone, it doesn't take much to go to the next level. All it is is a little, yay, you know, explosion of like confetti. And you're like, awesome, I'm going on to the next level. You can do the same thing in your brain. Behavioral scientists have found that just by making this, like either putting your hands up like that, or even, you know, giving yourself a cheer in your head, like, yes, is enough to release dopamine that's going to motivate you and encourage you to do this again. So this is mm. why I say start small, you know, mm-hmm. start with having raw walnuts on your desk as a snack. And, you know, what is your reason? Well, you want to feed your brain. What's the reminder? Well, the little bowl of walnuts there. You have you finish it at the end of the day. And you're like, yes, I did something great for myself. So I always tell people start small. Start with, you know, if you're brushing your teeth, start with flossing three teeth. And then 
you know, put the floss by your toothpaste so it reminds you and then be like, yes, I did it. And soon you're going to start building these habits in because that's what our life runs on is habits, Mm -hmm. you know, thinking habits, doing habits. So if you need to interrupt that pattern, a big life changing shift is not going to create long term change. You need those small shifts, the small habits I do daily that will one step at a time take you closer to what you want. Well, I love that example you gave with the squats. I've done some similar things when I'm heating up coffee that, you know, has gotten too cold or something, things that I regularly will do while I'm waiting. So I don't just stand there and wait. So I think squats are great, but the overall principle I think is really valuable um, not to overwhelm ourselves and get, because you know, it's sort of like New Year's resolutions, you know, and people joining the gym a month later, you know, there are a lot of people that are no longer going. And so they've set themselves up for failure, which then damages their self-esteem. What you're encouraging are these small habits. And then also remembering to celebrate that. And I love the, uh, you know, you're holding your hands up, you know, shaking your fist going, yes, I like that. Uh, because too often we tend to critique ourselves. And so looking for reasons to give a positive reward and release that dopamine so that we feel good about what we've done, that in itself is reinforcing, right? Exactly. And that is how we actually get long-term change. And it, it really does come down to brain science. And like I said, all of the things that are in our lives, all of these devices All of those guys have studied this. They know the food manufacturers know by adding sugar, I can get you addicted. So you're going to crave and want more of what I'm selling and what I'm offering. The video game manufacturers know, the cell phone manufacturers know that every time you get a text and it goes ding, that gives you this little like sense of dopamine. And so you want to rush and pick it up because it feels like, oh, someone wanted to contact me. So all these guys know this behavioral science. What I'm saying is rather than allowing everyone to use it against you, use it for yourself in ways Uh that are going to empower you and better your life. Mm -hmm. So thinking about foods, let's, uh, let's come up with what would you say would be say three to five foods that you would recommend people start having more of you know, in order to really strengthen their brain and build up that brain power um, that, you know, work well, you've mentioned some of them, but let's think about the top five. What are the ones that people need to go? Yes. (laughs) So top five, I would say are your healthy fats. So replace out your um, salad dressings and, you know, start using olive oil on your salad dressing. So what I do is I still like the flavor of my Paul Newman's, but his is made with canola oil, which is high in omega-6s. So what I do is I put on my olive oil, my extra virgin olive oil. Then I go and I just put a little dash of the seasoning on, like of the Paul Newman's. So I'm not putting on two tablespoons like I used to, I'm putting on maybe a teaspoon just to give it some flavor. So again, you don't have to have this totally flavorless salad. Don't do that. You're not going to eat it. So 
first, you know, swap in some olive oil, take out the margarine that you're eating, um, you know, that you toss in your spaghetti or whatever, and put in olive oil. So on that note, toss out anything that's white. I have a saying, if it's white, it's just not right. And by that, I mean, if it's made with white flour or white sugar, you want to swap that out. Because what it does is it spikes your insulin because it doesn't have any of the fiber or the good nutrients in it. It spikes your insulin, which then causes you to be hungry in an hour or two. But it also has damaging effects long term on your brain and your health because it creates inflammation in your body. So swap out anything that's white with something that's whole wheat, that's sprouted, that is whole grain. So that would be my next recommendation. My third recommendation is to eat dark berries, you know, at least on a daily basis. So what I love to do is I go to Costco, they have organic frozen berries that are full of dark cherries, dark blueberries, uh, blackberries. And I just take out a cup of that, put it into a bowl, stick it in my microwave for, a for about a minute. And then I will get my, I, I have plant-based yogurt that I put on top of it, sprinkle some flaxseed on it, some walnuts, some pumpkin seeds, and a little sprinkling of granola and done. So what um, dark berries do is they're very high in antioxidants, which again, reduces inflammation. And you do not want inflammation in your brain because this is what leads to anxiety and depression and dementia or in your body. So we've got healthy fats. If it's white, not right, bring in the brown. You want to have your dark berries. The next I would actually recommend is find something that's fermented that you like to eat. Now I know fermented foods not for everyone, but it is the best way to feed your gut bacteria. And if you go to any health food store, you're going to find a huge array of fermented foods. And then the fifth one is eat more veggies, eat from the rainbow, like half of your plate should be full for every meal with something that is a vegetable. And so really being consciously aware of that. So I divide my plate up into like four. So half is veggies, then I'll have my protein. And then I'll have like a complex carb, like a sweet potato or, you know, carbs are not all bad. You have your complex carbs, which are mostly vegetables and fruit. Um, so I'll do a salad, have a piece of chicken or salmon for dinner, and then I'll have some steamed broccoli with maybe a sprinkling of olive oil on. So that's like a typical dinner in our household. So these are not wild and crazy ideas. And even if you want to make like small changes, um, just replace one meal in your day. Like instead of having white bread or a bagel and a coffee full of sugar, start with cutting out one sugar in your coffee because your taste buds will start to adapt to that. Mm -hmm. Then go to two sugars, then take out the bagel and replace it with something that's whole wheat. Then you may want to switch to having, you know, 
something that's got healthy fats. Like I make these awesome breakfast muffins that are made from nut flours and full of good omega threes and nuts and seeds that are incredibly filling. But all of these things fuel my brain. And when my brain is fueled, I can concentrate better. I have more focus. I have more energy. I am able to make better decisions mm. as a result. And this all leads to performance. Mm-hmm. Those are all really good tips. And I was thinking of some things we've done ourselves, like making coconut flour and coconut oil pancakes, Yes, which last forever. I mean, they hold you all day compared to regular pancakes that are gone. Of course, I use cream cheese on there instead of syrup. So that it's really, <laughs> really good. Uh, well, Cindy, we could go on. Uh, um, I know because you're bringing up so many important points. You've added so much value and stimulating, I think, the thinking of my listeners to evaluate how are they nurturing their own brains? What are they doing around these key areas that you've mentioned? Diet, especially sleep, stress, those three biggies um, to think about what could they do in a small way, like you were saying, to make this change. So talk about, uh, as we wrap up your brain Academy, you know, what is it you offer there that would be useful for folks and how can people learn more about you and that service and any other services you offer? Perfect. Thank you. So my brain health or the better brain Academy is actually a 12 week program. So this is where I take the first part of it is about restoring your brain health. So optimizing your hardware, then we move into the mindset piece, which is resetting your mindset, and then learning how to retrain the brain. So over the course of 12 weeks, we look at all the factors and all the things that may be hurting and harming your brain. And what we do is we create an individual plan for each person based on their brain type and what's going on in their specific brain so that we can heal their brain naturally and really get it tuned up and working as best as it can. And then we move into, like I said, once we've got our brain working better, then we have that solid foundation. That's when we can then start working on those belief systems that we have, start creating those new habits, you know, using daily shits, looking at the way that we perceive the world and how we can reframe things and look at the world differently to really support us in being our best. And then we go into specific ways that we can retrain our brain because the amazing thing is is that our brains are not, you know, static. They're not like this plastic. We used to think it was like hard wired done by the time you're an adult. And what we now know is that there's this thing called plasticity, that our brains are always changing and growing and firing and rewiring. And so using specific practices, we can create changes in the brain and create new neural pathways that are going to help you make better choices to feel better to really help you move towards what you want to accomplish. So it's very individualized in terms of coming up with a specific plan based on your brain using that test that I said that I uh-huh. used from Dr. Amen. And then it's a holistic program that's looking at all areas of your life. 
So I have that and it's you can find that at the betterbrainacademy.com. And I also do corporate training. And that website is called headwaysgroup.com. Okay. And if people are interested in understanding and getting a good idea of where is my brain today? How is it doing? Do the brain quiz. It's at betterbrainquiz.com. And it can give you a really solid foundation that you can build off of. Great. Well, Cindy, thank you so much. And you're on social media, I assume, so people can find you there. I am. I am. I'm on Instagram. It's betterbrain.academy. You can find me on LinkedIn just under my name, Cindy Shaw, and also on Facebook under the Better Brain Academy. Great. Well, Cindy, thank you for the wealth of information you've shared today. It's been really educational and valuable for people really wanting to understand more about this this brain, this this uh, tool that we cannot see, but that <laughs> is so important to our, our well-being. So thank you for being my guest today and for the important work you're doing to spread this information to more um, and more people. Thank you so much for having me here, Meredith, and for inviting me on free and grab our ebook, Listen Like a Pro. You'll find out how to connect on a deeper level with the people who matter to you. And while you're there, check out our two books, Connect With Your Team and Peer Coaching Made Simple. Until next time, I'm Meredith Bell.